Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, plants, animals, minerals, and vegetables to episode 140 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rahal. Call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. I've been called way worse, including on this show. Uh, joining me, as always, is my co-hostess with the most. Yes. Uh, she is the real housewife of Transylvania, the mistress of Merlot, and the Michael Phelps of wine. Ladies and gentlemen, Ashes von Nightmare. Can I be a pumpkin? You can be a pumpkin if you want. I'm a pumpkin. Okay. I thought you wanted to be a potato. Oh, I love potatoes. I just think they're neat. I just think they're neat. Why is it some people can layer their clothes and look all like sleek and svelte and well put together, but then like when I layer my clothes, I look like a potato? Because they have a team of stylists doing it for them and like tailoring their clothes and we get ours at Walmart <laughs> in the clearance section. Ooh, slightly irregular. Look, three armholes. Whoa, this one's got two armholes on the same side. It's an F shirt. So, yeah. Uh, we are also joined, of course, by the hardest working man in podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Wolfenstein. Sup? Yep. <laughs> Is that still in style or am I late? Keeping it alive. <laughs> That's so last so. week. <laughs> I know. Man, I got to go with the times. The only thing that stays in style is being bootylicious. Speaking of bootylicious, we are, of course, joined again for the second week in a row by our good friend, Sweet Home Alabama style, Creamed Corny. <laughs> you didn't have much conviction in that. You're like, Creamed Corny? What up? <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> Cream corny. <laughs> I just wanted to throw something different in there. Everyone expected evil corny, and I'm like, nope. Cream corny. How you doing today, corny? You cream doing right? I'm doing cream good. Cream corny. <laughs> <laughs> That's not as bad as cream creamed porny. Pop pop corny. Pop corny. Oh, there you go. I'm doing okay. Well, that's good. You got enough uh, enough sweet tea? Oh, yeah. Um, There's a place called Mallow's here, and they make sweet tea. It's a hamburger um, joint, but they bottle their tea, sell in grocery stores here. So it's like... And it's like, it's, it's like Kool-Aid. I'm like, um, if Kool-Aid made tea, because a lot of sugar in it. Nice. It's like a tiny little packet with like flavoring, and you have to add three cups of sugar for like oh, no, a twenty bottle, ounce serving. No, they bottle it. And, oh, oh they bottle it already. All right, yeah, you. they bottle it. Yeah, they actually bottle it in my city. I live in um, Bessemer, Alabama. Uh, better than Worsemer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bo Jackson. <laughs> Bo Jackson's actually from here. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, I like Bo Jackson in Tech Mobile. He was fucking unstoppable. Yeah. He was the best ever. And he knew a lot, too. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> he did. Bono basketball, baseball, football, soccer, tennis, yachting, cricket. Yachting. Yachting. Y- yachting. Yes. Y- yachting. Yachting? Your Boston's really coming out. Yeah, you know, when you're out in the yard, <laughs> you and Sully and Fitzy and Jimmy Bighead. 
<laughs> and Michael Raven Shadow. Yeah. <laughs> well, if he Michael Raven Shadow out there, will he be Al Cool? Yachting. <laughs> Al Cool. I don't, think I, I don't think he has the uh, the accent. Okay. Hey, look at me! I'm on my yacht. Past the Marlboros. <laughs> don't let Slagoth put the cheese in the microwave. <laughs> Yeah, when I when I was up for Rocket Shock, I tried not to burn um, Raven Shadow's house down. <laughs> How considerate they, of my, you? Yeah, my stuff was there. You know, I was kind of hoping this house didn't get flooded or you yeah, know anything damaged before I set my stuff down. Yeah, Slagoth, you think you're supposed to put that much cheese in the microwave? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I'm a pool guy. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So today. We are continuing our, our Game of Thrones preparation, and we're going to be discussing Jamie Lannister, also known as Jimmy Whispers, also known as the King Slayer, also known as the Panty Slayer, also known as Golden Hand, also known as Lefty Lannister. Keep going. Also known as uh, Call Stump- me. Stumpy McStumpface. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> also known as... The heir to Fraggle Rock. The uh, I don't know. That's all I got. I don't. I I was just kind of riffing, hoping somebody would come up with something, but nobody did. So, so no, you're all on your own. We have a you're going to uh, sink this ship all on your own. We I was waiting a, on the crickets to chirp. <laughs> no, they're all dead. It's too cold out. Oh yeah, yeah. They, although right if movies have taught here. me anything, you can play crickets like a harmonica if you're a T Rex. <laughs> Learn that in the good dinosaur. Uh, so yeah, we're going to be talking about Jamie Lannister today. But first, uh, Jamie Lannister, we know uh, through his backstory, and we get to see a little bit of it in the show. Jamie Lannister was a hell of a swordsman, and you know one of the things that we see in the show, and we talked about a little bit last week, was you know when Tyrion had his trial by combat he wanted Jamie as his champion. So <clears throat> what's our question this week there, Ashes? So our getting into character question for this week is, who would you choose to represent you in a trial by combat? Now, are we doing this always, I mean, uh, only for Game of Thrones or like anything? Well, let's stick with Game of Thrones characters. That's the, a good this idea. Is, you know, kind of goes with the theme of the day. So, I was going to say Aries. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew about this question. Ashes, you knew about this question. So we're going to throw it over to Corny because he had no preparation for this. So, Corny, who would your champion be? Aries. God of War. <laughs> no, it's got to be somebody from uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, Bronn. Okay. Ashes? The Mountain. The Mountain. Did you see, we just watched The Mountain and the Viper the other night. Yeah, and the only reason why The Mountain won was because Oberyn got... Was monologuing. Yeah, he was monologuing. If he, you know, if he would just go over and just, like, stab him in the face. But now he's Zombie Mountain, so he's just, like, even better. Yeah. You can't kill him because he's already dead. I bet if you chop his fucking head off, he'll die pretty quick. Well, maybe, but good luck trying. Zombie Mountain is the worst 
um, attraction at Disney World, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> if it's me and it's the Game of Thrones world, uh, Arthur Dane. I'm taking Arthur Dane as my champion. Wait, who? Sir Arthur Dane, the Sword of the Morning. His sword was made from a falling star. Like, his sword is made out of meteor. Is this a dude from the book? He's in the show. He's the guy in the show at the Tower of Joy scene. You know, because they're always like, oh, that's Arthur Dane. My dad beat him in combat. That's what Bran said. Oh, okay, said. okay. And, like, Arthur Dane, like, whips out the two swords and, like, takes out seven guys by himself. So it's only him and Ned left. And then, like, everything Ned does, like is of no consequence and he just like flings the uh Ned sword away and he's about to stab him and then Howland Reed comes out of nowhere and stabs him in the back of the throat Remember that? Sure. I remember it. Yeah. So and Jamie even says at one point that like Arthur Dane might have been like one of the only people who could have beat him in a in a straight up sword fight and Arthur Dane is like his fucking hero. Like, that's the reason why he joined the Kingsguard is because he wanted to be Arthur Dane, the Sword of the Morning. Oh, okay. So that, that pretty much explains why Jamie had a hard-on for um, Ned Stark the first season. Yes. Okay. That explains a lot. Because according to the stories, Ned defeated him in single combat. Lies. It was a lie. You're my hero. Wolfie, how about you? I know you're uh, you're into Game of Thrones. Do you have anybody that you would think of that you would want defending you in a trial by combat? Uh, can I pick the first Dario Naharis? Oh, Ed Screen? Yes. The, the better Dario yeah. Naharis? Yes. yes. I disagree. Yes. I think second Dario. I've better. warmed up to second, but I do like Ed Screen. I do too. Wait, wait. What's his name? What's his name? Ed Screen. Francis. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody gets that. No. Ajax. He was in Deadpool. Like. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they. Get you. What's my name? Oh yeah. Okay. Francis. <sighs> but anyways, yeah, he was definitely the. If this was spring, we'll be hearing crickets big time. Yeah. <laughs> 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 But that, oh, you know, snarf. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Patrick, I can't have it. No, that's fine, that's fine. Patrick yeah. thinks he's funny. I know I'm funny. I <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, what the hell are you doing? You playing the xylophone back there? For me? Yeah. Sounds like a bone xylophone. Oh, it's, um, oh, I it's, have a Yeti mug full uh, of ice tea. Yeah, it, it's, it literally sounded like... Like in the old cartoons, like when skeletons take like their their ribs out and start playing their ribs like a xylophone. <laughs> I'll stop. No, no, it's fine. I was just like, "What the hell is that?" Corny's playing his wooden xylophone in the background, <laughs> trying to replicate cricket sounds. <laughs> so, we're interested if if you guys have a different. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys have a different choice out there in uh, Radioland that you think uh, you know, you think someone else would be a better fit, maybe you think the Hound would be a good fit for your uh, champion, Loris Tyrell. 
Maybe you're uh, rooting for underdogs and you'd pick Sansa. Um, I mean, I wouldn't because Sansa I sucked. Tommen. I picked Sir, <laughs> Sir Pounce. <laughs> Wait, who wins in a fight, Sir Pounce or Reek? Sir Pounce. Probably Sir Pounce. Uh, I'm Reek. Ooh, I chopped my dick off. Mailed it to my daddy. Mm-hmm. I was in Predator, you know. Yeah, and Sir Pounce is probably like, yeah, they chopped my balls off. You don't see me crying about it. I don't it. think they neutered cats <laughs> in medieval times. Maybe. You don't know that. You weren't alive. Or maybe you were. You were kind yeah, of old. Bob, Bob Barker wasn't, wasn't around. Man, so. <laughs> yeah, Bob Barker wasn't around to tell people to help control the pet population. A Lannister yeah. always spays his pets. <laughs> so, yeah, let us know who you would choose as your champion in a trial by combat. If it meant... That if you lost, you would die. Who would you choose as your champion? Brienne of Tarth is a close second for me. She's very loyal and she's very feisty. Oh yeah, loyalty will uh, that that helps you fight. You know who oh. else was loyal? Reek. Reek was loyal. I wouldn't choose him in a fight. Well, no, because he's a wimp. Um, for young Greyjoy, I like turtles. <laughs> like turtles. I like turtles. <laughs> that kid? Yeah. Is that the <laughs> Basically. Wow, what a great zombie. <laughs> I like turtles. We're with uh, Zombie Jonathan. I've watched that so many times. Oh, my God, I... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did it's, you ever see insane. when he was on, uh, they had him on Tosh.0? Tosh. Yeah. And he was like, they had him like dressed up like a turtle, and they had like all like turtle pictures everywhere. And he's like, I like zombies. <laughs> Back here live at the Waterfront Village with my friend, the zombie, Jonathan. You're looking good. Jonathan just got an awesome face paint job. What do you think? I like turtles. <laughs> <laughs> it never gets old. No, it doesn't. It never gets old. <laughs> like you just standing there like terrified to be on TV. I like turtles. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> if you like turtles, subscribe on iTunes. <laughs> Give us a five-star review. Subscribe to the Somebody's Network. Please, please stay. Please, please listen to us. <laughs> and in your review, write, I like turtles. <laughs> yeah. Do you like turtles, yes or no? Vote in this week's poll. I'm going to do that right now. <laughs> Is that the battle? That'll be the yeah, battle. <laughs> Turtle yeah. versus zombie. <laughs> zombie turtles. Are they all they zombie turtles? They're not ninja turtles or anything special? I don't know. They could just be regular turtles. They could be giant kaiju evil corny turtles. Yeah. <laughs> Gamrock turtles. Oh, I wish I was good at Photoshop because I would Photoshop that picture I made of you like with the corn face and like <laughs> stick it on camera. Somebody's good at Photoshop. Do that. Yeah, I'm a pumpkin, pumpkin bomb you. <laughs> <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Cream corny. <laughs> Uh, all right. So I think with that being said, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll start talking about uh, Jamie Lannister. So uh, we'll be right back. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band. We destroy monsters. We drink booze and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death. 
Taxes and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you <laughs> took shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkeys. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created F is for Family. And you're listening to Throwdown Thursday Podcast. Fueled by Tacos, Beer, and Bloody Marys. The only show featuring baby Jesus with a nail gun. The pride of PA and the show with the eye of the tiger. Ladies and gentlemen, Punch Farm. Hey, this is Mark from Punch Farm. I'm here with Mark Dose. Hello. I'm here with Alicia. Hello. I'm here with Nikki. Hey. Join us every Monday as we talk about life. Tacos, beer, and movies. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and punchfarm.com. Keep on And we are back. Uh, that, of course, is our good friend, uh, Rocky. Uh, Corny, do you maybe have a, a message you want to send out to Rocky? A little shout-out, love love note, love letter, something you want to say to him? Oh, yeah, Rocky. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> All right. We, uh, we didn't do that last episode. We want to make sure we got it in on this one. So, uh, so we, uh, we got that in, so I'm glad. <laughs> <clears throat> It's like a daily thing me and him tell each other, you know. Well, it for like, you know, it's it's kind of like... Two years, yeah. Well, it's it's like in uh, Princess Bride, you know, instead of, you know, as you wish, they say, go fuck yourself, you know? Oh, yeah. It means the same thing. <laughs> when he said, go fuck yourself, he really meant, I love you. <laughs> that ain't love. <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's just lust. We know what this is. It's animalistic. <laughs> it's dirty and creamy. Okay. <laughs> Creamed corny. <laughs> Corny's like, even I don't want to hear about this, and it involves me. All right, so. Jamie Lannister. Yes. Second oldest and second youngest he is the middle lannister child which is why he's treated so differently usually the middle child is you know ignored and forgotten but not so much jamie jamie is the one elevated to heights far beyond anything that his siblings could even rival or hope to rival at least maybe not politically but as far as the love of their father is concerned. Now, we spoke a little bit about this in our Cersei episode, where Jamie and Cersei, at Just one point in tree. their lives, they were 
indistinguishable from each other. You couldn't tell who was who. But they were treated so differently. Jamie taught to fight. He killed his first man at 16 when he was a squire for Arthur Dane. Cersei promised to Rhaegar Targaryen. But it was not to be. Now, part of the reason that Jamie is on the Kingsguard, first of all, because he absolutely loved and was awed by Arthur Dane. But part of it was, uh, like we see in later seasons, Tywin Lannister was hand to the king. At this point, Aerys Targaryen, the Mad King. Now, if you are on the Kingsguard, similar to being in the Night's Watch, where you forsake your name, your titles, your lands, you'll never marry, you'll never father children, you are there for life. And that's your life. Eris chose Jamie for the Kingsguard, knowing that he was Tywin's favorite, but also knowing that, much like when he is the hand of the king in, in the show that we get to see, there is no doubt who the true power in Westeros is. It's not Joffrey, it's not Tommen, it's not Cersei, it's not Robert Baratheon. It's Tywin Lannister. So by taking Jaime away, he essentially ends the Lannister name, ends the bloodline. Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, at this point, because Jaime was 16. Okay. You know, ends ends the bloodline. He also refuses the marriage of uh, Cersei to his son, uh, Rhaegar. And, you know, it's kind of like an insult because people were saying that, you know, oh, Tywin's the real king. And, you know, much the same way people used to make jokes about how Dick Cheney was the real power, not George Bush. Yeah. yeah, George, the second George Bush. Yeah, W. How it was all Cheney. So, like, people viewed him as the power behind the throne. And he didn't like that. So to kind of exert a little bit of his power, flex a little bit of his muscle, he named Jamie to the Kingsguard. Meaning that <clears throat> Casterly Rock would go to Tyrion. And... Tywin was like, no, I'm. we're not having that. Like, I, I can't. And schemed for the rest of his life to get Jamie off the Kingsguard. When we first meet Jamie Lannister, he is arrogant. He is, he's like the jock douchebag in every, like, teen high school movie. You know, he's the captain of the football team. You know, he's the homecoming king. He's the guy, he's, he's, uh, he's the guy who makes the smart kid do his homework. We don't like Jamie. The first thing we see him do is fuck his sister and push a kid out a window. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's so dreamy. And then he talks shit to John. Talks shit to Ned. Like, yeah, he's, he's super arrogant. 
He's a super arrogant. But I mean, like, he has the skills and stuff to back it up. Well, what skill? He can fight. So because he's a skilled killer, he goes around. I mean, he's the Kingslayer. Well, that didn't take much skill. But he also has the Lannister name. Like, he's the equivalent of, like, the fucking douchebag kids with their docksiders and their pastel shorts. You know, in their shirts with the collars popped up, causing trouble at the yacht club, then going, do you know who my dad is? You know, if his name wasn't Jamie, it'd be fucking Chad. <laughs> Chad, Lannister. Chad Lannister. Chad Lannister. Tyler. Uh, yes, I'm Tucker Lannister. <laughs> or Todd. Oh, yeah. Todd Lannister. No offense if, if your name is is chatter we're just talking about the stereotypical Tyler, douche Tucker, white guys dakota see dakota oh my name is montana this is my brother dakota no relation yeah uh, don't give d- me d- well, you don't make it anyways jimmy lamster yeah so um we hate george Collin had a whole routine about this you know I guarantee you, Nick, Vinny, and Tony beat the shit out of Tyler, Tucker, and Todd every day of the week. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. with you, Corny. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So, <laughs> he's not he's not a good guy, but he justifies everything he does because it's for his family and it's for love. But I mean, like, he's not a good guy, but he sometimes has the best intentions. And he's another one of those. No, not at the beginning. I'm talking, we're talking when we first meet him, when we first get introduced. Yeah, he has the best intentions. Like, he pushes Bran out the window. Ooh, someone saw me having sex with my sister. Better heave him from this fucking tower. To protect his sister. And himself. And himself. And their children. Oh, yeah. And their love. He did it for love. The things I do for love. Later, bitch. Woo! <laughs> but he's another one of those characters who has a very interesting character arc. A very positive character arc. He hasn't... I wouldn't call it a full redemptive arc yet. I think we're going to see that. But we'll get into predictions later. But there's an interesting theory that you and I came across earlier today. But, Corny, what do you think about Jamie and his journey thus far? Um, pretty much, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, really, he was forever being used by Cersei, and the more and more he's dealing with Cersei, the far, farther and farther he's kind of growing away from her. Um, the last episode when he's just you know, he just pretty much leaves her. You know, I think he pretty much had it. And he's kind of heartbroken and everything. Did you say this on, on y'all episode of um, Cersei? Um, we talked passes? a little bit about the yeah, Cersei, that's, uh Jamie dynamic. But go ahead. Whatever you want to say. Yeah, I just don't want to be repeating. No, 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 no. Um, it's not everybody heard that episode. So this is a different this is a different show. And this is a different like point of view. Yeah, but um, at the, you know. They're the last that last episode of um last season. Mm-hmm. He was just pretty much heartbroken, you know, from kind of supporting his sister and he just leaves. He's he's gone through a lot. 
See, I I think, and I think, um, I think the two of you will agree. When he really begins his redemptive arc is when, in the show Locke, but in the book Vargo Hote, cuts his hand off. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, you know, what does he say, you know, to Brienne? Like, I am that hand. Like, that's who I am. Like, my right hand, because he's such a good fighter and he prides himself on being a fighter. And, like, you know, he's the, you know... He even says, you know, there's maybe three people who can living today that can match me as far as their skill, you know, as far as the skill with the sword. You know, he doesn't name them and I'm not sure who they would be. You know, Barristan Selmy maybe. The Hound, the Mountain, like maybe those guys are who he's talking about. <clears throat> but He's I kind of, I kind of wish I would have saw him like fight Braun, you know, because both of them kind of had like a dirty style when um, they were had the confrontation with uh, Ned Stark. You know, he's sword fighting and pulls a dagger out, and, you know, pokes in the guy's eye, pretty much kills him. But I, I just thought that was just real, real dirty. But like I said yeah. in the beginning of the show, he he pretty much had a hard on. For Ned Stark, from you know from everything happened in the first season. Yeah, everything happened in the first season. Well, he, he also hates Stark. Ned from the way Ned looked at him. Like we'll get into this, you know, when Eris died. But okay. Part of that is like it's again that scene is different in the book. Like Jamie doesn't really fight him. Like Jamie kills a couple of his his guys. And Ned takes off because Ned knows like he can't match, he can't match Jamie. Jamie, okay. Like their their fighting skills, like, and they end up killing his horse, and his like his horse falls and lands on him, and that's how Ned breaks his leg. Like he doesn't oh, okay. spear through his his leg. Uh, so it's much it's much different. <clears throat> but they make Ned seem like, you know, like I think that was part of the build up though to really shock you with what happens to Ned at the end of the se- the the season because they make it seem like Ned's the protagonist of the show. But Jamie when he loses his hand, he loses that connection to the Kingslayer um like persona cuz that's what you know everyone refers to him even you know to his face depending on who it is, but always behind his back it's the kingslayer it's the kingslayer yeah. look that's the kingslayer because of what he did and you know he did stab Eris Targaryen through the back and that's what the story everyone knows he stabbed him through the back and his father sacked the city king's landing like that's just the story everyone tells themselves well there's the story everyone tells themselves and then there's the real story and we get to see this later on so after Jamie loses his hand, you know, he loses that connection because that's the hand he used to kill Aerys Targaryen. Now, Jamie's never going to be the fighter he was. You know, like we mentioned in the last episode, you know, on the show, he trains a lot with Bronn. And, you know, we see him fight a few times after that. He gets lucky. Like he catches somebody's sword with his golden hand. You know, at another time, like, he 
ju- does just enough to be able to survive a, a, a fairly skilled fighter, but not like an upper echelon named character. And in the book, he trains with Ill and Payne, and he's always getting his ass kicked. And I think that's where he starts to not be the Kingslayer and starts to be Jamie Lannister again. Well, yeah, and that happens when he's in the bath with Brienne and uh, something happens and she's like, it's the Kingslayer. And she's like, he tells 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 her her the the whole story. Right. And, and, you know, he says, no, uh, Jamie. And that's pretty much the same in the book. Like. Yeah, he just gets overwhelmed because, you know, he's got blood loss and he's been riding for days Mm -hmm. with his hand, his severed hand strung around his neck. You know, they they've been starving him. They've been depriving him of water and, you know, beating him when he can't ride. And he's lost the will to live at this point. Right. But he he doesn't want to be known for that anymore. He just wants to be Jamie. Yeah. And that's really when you start to see him like he he's change. Starts, yeah, yeah, and he starts to reevaluate everything, his past and his future and and you know, really begins to see his father for who he really is and so, you know, begins to wonder if there are like ideals worth fighting for. In Do you think do you think that um if he was given a second chance, he would have went off with uh, Brienne? Because I thought something no, was happening. There. Not at okay. that. Not at that point. So, in the show, we find out that Brienne's going to be thrown to the bear, and so Jamie's like, "No, we have to go back. We have to help her." In the book, it's a similar thing, but he actually falls asleep on a weirwood tree, well, like a weirwood tree stump, and the weirwood trees are those white trees with the red leaves mm-hmm. that have the faces carved in them. Mm-hmm. And he has a dream, and he's like fighting all of his ancestors, and he's got both of his hands, and you know it's, it's like this really intense dream sequence. And he's like, "I have to go back, I have to help Brienne." And it's a very similar scene, you know. He pulls her out of the bear pit, you know that whole thing, and like you see him start to be redeemed, and he's starting to become a di- like even when he tells. He's like, yo, you know, they're going to, you know, they're going to rape you over and over again. He's telling Brienne, you know, just let them do it. Don't fight back because they'll kill you. Or if they don't kill you, they'll start cutting pieces of you out. And she's like, well, I'm going to fight. I'm going to, you know, I'm I'm not going to like I'm a warrior. That's who I am. Like I have honor. I have dignity. And he knows that she's that what she says is the truth. So he's like he approaches the leader. And we see this in the book and the show. It's like, you know. Her dad is rich, and he would pay her weight in sapphires to bring her back. Why do you think it's called the Sapphire Isle of Tarth? Like, because they have tons of sapphires. But he won't pay unless she's, you know, her virtue is intact. And that's why she ends up in the bear pit, because they send a raven, and he's like, well, I'll give you 300 gold coins. And they're like, no, we want, we want our weight in sapphires like the Kingslayer said. And it's like, I don't have that. So well, Jamie's, like you were saying earlier, Ashes, good intentions leading to mm-hmm. a bad decision. But instead of just 
being like, well, it is what it is. Like, I threw this kid out the window. Ah, too bad he didn't die. Would have been better if he died. Too bad he didn't die. He's like, I made this. Uh, I put her in this situation. I'm going to go help her. Yeah. And then he comes home. The first thing he does is go to Cersei. And she's like, what happened to your hand? Not, oh, my God, how are you? How are you feeling? I've missed you. I love you. I'm so sad. I've been so sad and I've been so terrified that something bad happened to you. She's like, oh, you don't have a hand. And then she, like, ends up berating him for being captured and, like, oh, you aren't a good warrior because you got captured. And, oh, you should have been able to do this and do that. But despite all that, he's still loyal to Cersei. Everything he does is for Cersei. So every time he starts to have a redemptive streak and he starts doing these good, honorable things, Cersei kind of poisons him because Cersei is the only woman he's ever known, ever loved. He's never been with another woman. Like, in some ways, he's as honorable as Ned Stark. He has pledged himself to one woman and stayed true to that woman. It's like, yes, he is the Kingslayer. But as we find out in that scene with Brienne, the reason he killed the king, because she's like, oh, you have no honor. You break your oaths. And he's like, if Renly told you to kill your father and to stand by idly, well, thousands of men, women and children burned alive. What would your oath mean to you then? Would you still keep your oath? You know, and, like, that's really, like, he's letting her in. Like, I'm Jamie. I'm not the Kingslayer. Like, everyone thinks badly of me. And, like, we see a lot of this back and forth in the book between him and Brienne. Like, he calls her wench all the time, and she calls him Kingslayer. And he's just a bastard to her until he loses his hand. So, Corny, how do you feel about Jamie? Right now, knowing what you know, like heading into season eight, how do you feel about him? I like the character, like I like the character for what he's been through, but um, I'm just interested in really he's going in on on his own. And it's kind of sad, you know. Really, Ter- Tyrion doesn't know he's you know coming in behind. Or going in behind the army, and um, he's he's lost his sister, his his love, or whatever. I don't think anybody don't, knows he's coming. Yeah, I said I said um, Tyrion doesn't know he's coming, but um, he, mm-hmm. he he's just going in alone. I think it's because he's trying like this. He's finally pulled away redeem, from Cersei. Redeem himself. Yeah, yeah, in in the book, he he's. Trying to go by the name of Golden Hand. And I think they might have okay. mentioned it in the show. But, like, he prefers that to Kingslayer. So, Ashes, when you... you first... Wait, what, what, what question? It, it hadn't gotten that far in the book, though, has it? No, in the book, okay. like, it's, it, the show and the book have diverged so greatly at this point that you can't really compare the two. So, I mean, like, right now in the books, 
like Stannis is alive and there's no battle of the bastards, like Stannis is going to fight him. Oh, okay. And he's okay. got Theon and Yara held captive. You know, John's dead. You know, so there's a, there's a, a a lot of different stuff. Like Tommen's eight years old. Okay. So Ashes, how are your thoughts? Because I know Cersei is like your favorite. She's amazing. I love her so much. <laughs> when you look at the influence that Cersei has had on Jamie compared to how he's trying to redeem himself and become a more honorable man and not be thought of as an oath breaker and a kingslayer. How do you feel his journey has been either helped or hindered when it comes to his dealings with Cersei? See, I think that uh, it's one of those situations where they're just not good for each other. They love each other so much, but they kind of bring out the worst in each other. So Cersei becomes more selfish and more spiteful uh, when he's around. And I think it's because she's so protective of him. She doesn't want him to be with anybody else. She doesn't want him, his loyalty to be to anybody else. She wants him all for herself. So she becomes this, just like a, a, just a different creature altogether when he's around. And same with, with Jamie, he he has this. He he loves her with such fierceness, you know. Um, but he's starting to realize that they're not good for each other, and he's so loyal to her. But at the same time, at what cost? He's like an alcoholic having a moment of clarity. Kind of, yeah. Because... Yeah, like Cersei's been his heroine for so long. And and he's realizing that he needs to break free of that. And for both of them to survive and to move forward and flourish, they really need to sever their ties. And that's kind of what he's doing by walking away from her. See, I I see her like and him, you know, I use the the like addiction metaphor. Cause that's really what it like Oh, I'm doing so well. I'm doing so well. I'm well, doing like so well. He's out with Brienne, and she's getting him to, you know, he's seeing loyalty and respect from a different perspective. You know, her loyalty to Catelyn Stark, wanting to reunite Catelyn Stark with her, yeah. her girls, and, and her loyalty to Renly. The, right. You know, the <clears throat> lengths that Brienne is willing to go to for this loyalty and just utmost respect that she has for these people and the respect that these people have for her. That she's earned by being a good person. And even when people are treating her like absolute shit, she refuses to forsake her vows. She's, she's, she, I mean, she's one of those characters that I absolutely adore. Gwendolyn Christie is amazing. Um, but she's just this, this honor code that she has. She's not willing to break. And even when people are trying to get the best of her, she will not let them have it. Yeah. And I think Jamie is so in awe of that. And it, it, it's not, it, it's her bravery and not so much, you know, her bravery battle wise, but just her personality in general. Well, and, she... and, you know, the, the way that she carries herself 
and that's honor. And and he like, he looks at her and he says, you know, that's honor. Like that that's what I. Which is why he gives want, her the Valyrian steel right, sword. Which is why he yeah. you know equips her with you know full armor and gives her the sword and really has like this this moment with her that there's there's a love there, but more than that, there's a mutual respect which was not there at the beginning of their their journey. She might be the only friend he has in a way. Right. At this point, yeah. And and you know, you get to the point where, you know, at the end when he leaves Cersei, I think he they still love each other and they will always love each other, but I think that respect that they once had for each other is gone. He's the only one I think Brienne is the only one besides Jamie who knows actually what happened the day he killed Aerys Targaryen. Yeah, he, I don't he mentioned think that Cersei knows. He, he mentioned that he hasn't told anybody. Yeah, like I don't even think Cersei knows, and they and it was just it everything. was a moment of weakness that he's never had with anybody else. Right, and l- like I was saying, like the I, I look at her, him like Brienne represents his sobriety, and when he's with her, he does so well. But Cersei is this drug. Cersei is his drug. Cersei runs right back to her. And he well, he goes right back to being this arrogant dick that he always was. And no matter how poorly she treats him, you know, like an alcoholic, no matter how bad they feel, they still reach for that bottle the next day. And no matter they kind of have, yeah, they kind of have a um, Jesse Peekman, uh, Walter White type of relationship. Yeah, like she's like his demon or whatever. Right, like she is so like, oh well, you weren't there. Like, you know, he's like, well, I was, you know, captive and I was fighting my fighting of this war. And she's like, well, you should have been here and you should have been doing this and you should have been doing this. And how come you didn't save Joffrey the day that he died? And how come you didn't save Tommen? And how come you let Marcella die? And how come the and you know. Where she was never there for any of those kids, she no. didn't prevent any of these things. Like she wasn't like she was ready to murder Tommen and kill herself. Like Jamie would have died to protect them, but she's like, "Oh, let me just murder my kid instead." Like she is the drug that you know Jamie was, you know, getting high on, and everything he did, every. Every single action that he had, all these terrible things that he did, was because of her. And his one great deed, the one thing that he did that, you know, saved, you know, half a million lives, at least, he's vilified for. So he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to be the villain. I'm going to be with Cersei. And that's the other thing. Like, he holds this oath. Like, I love Cersei. I want to be only with her. We came into this world together. We're going to die together. Like, that's all I want. I will do anything. Like, what he tells Edmure when they take back River Run. He's like, I will do anything. He goes, I would kill your son in front of you. If it meant I could get back to Cersei a second sooner. Cersei doesn't show him that same loyalty. Like, you don't see it as much in the book. Well, I mean, and we went over this with the Cersei episode. There is no one that Cersei loves more than herself. Cersei, right. Yeah. 
but then that's that's what I'm saying. Like she is this drug to Jamie. Like Jamie just goes and he's just like, I wanna, I'm gonna give everything I have for you. And she's like, Good, I'll take it, but don't expect that in return. And that's what an addiction is. So finally, we see him at this point where he's he finally realizes that his addiction is killing him. It's like someone who has an overdose and then wakes up like, oh, my God, I almost died because she kind of sicks the mountain on him for a moment. But then changes her mind at the last second because she's like, nobody walks away from me or nobody turns their back on me, like whatever she says. And like the mountain kind of steps up to him. And he's like, are you really doing this right now? Like, are you really going to have the mountain kill me? And that's when he's like, you know what? The only way I'm going to beat this is to get away from the source of my problem. So he puts a black glove over his gold hand, gets on his horse, and takes off north. But again, that kind of goes back to... They love each other still. They just don't respect each other anymore. Because... She doesn't. She doesn't love him. No, but... yeah, that's one side well, of love. Yeah, like yeah. I said, he's heartbroken. It... But she loves him in the sense that she could have had the mountain kill him right then and there, and she didn't. She loved him, but the way she looks at it is: no matter what I do, at least this is my interpretation. No matter what I do, he's coming back to me. He's a hundred percent loyal. But to him, he's like, no, she's finally like gone over the line. I can't do this anymore because no, every time I try to be good, I come back to her. I think that ultimately they're going to be the downfall for each other. I think he's going to kill her. But she's not going down without a fight. I honestly, I'll, I'll I'll be honest with you. I think the Night King's going to make it to King's Landing before he makes it anywhere. I I think he's going to get on a boat. King Landing is going to be his first place to go. I wouldn't be surprised if he sends his army one place and then he takes a dragon and just destroys King's Landing because the show yeah. is a lot of foreshadowing. And in Bran's vision, we saw a dragon flying over King's Landing. And the thing is. That's the highest populated people, yep. um, population in that area. It's about a million, maybe more, is what Tyrion says. And he resurrects that, you know, all the dead. It's all over. It's a pincer movement. Oh, army yeah. coming from the north, army coming from the south. Yeah, it's kind of sad. I don't, I don't, I don't see them seeing each other again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to change subject. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like part of what we you know what we're doing with the show is we're also ca- trying to come up with you know our end game prediction so ashes what do you think the final the final score is going to be with with Jamie and you know where do you think his journey is going to end um so he's not going to make it and i honestly think that he's going to be the one who kills cersei but Cersei is not going down alone. So I think that they're going to be the downfall to each other. Well, they all, you know, they always say, like, you know, 
Like if Cersei's going out, she's going out blazing she glory. Can't, you know, so... he can't live without her, and she can't live without him. Like it's they mention it many times throughout the show and throughout the books. Like there's a lot of like internal dialogue. Like they talk about how she came, she came out of the womb, and he was right behind her, holding on to her heel. Like they've been inseparable forever. How about you, there, Corny? What do you think? Say that again. What do you think Jamie's like end goal? Like, what do you think is going to be his his final? what will be written in his in the white book under his great deeds? Like, what do you think is going to happen with Jamie? Where do you think his story's headed? I I don't know. Like I said, he's he's going off alone. Well, Tyrion, you know, his brother doesn't know where he's going, and 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 um, Cersei knows he's he's left. Do you think he's going to make it through? Do you think he's going to live? Do you think he's going to do something heroic? Like I've heard theories where he's fighting at the Battle of Winterfell and, you know, dies for Brienne because he says he wants to die in the arms of the woman he loves. You know, Brienne holds him as he dies because, you know, he takes a, a, a spear from a White Walker or something, you know, but saves Brienne's life. I don't know. Completing I... his redemptive arc. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think it's all going to end sad. <laughs> I, I, think I don't. So I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't even think he would probably make it to um, to uh, Winterfell. They at said all. it's a bittersweet ending. So my my thoughts on this is he's going to be riding north. He's going to run into Bronn, and the two of them are going to head on up to right off into the sunset together. Yeah, he's going to be like. I wish Here, I Bron. fucking knew how to quit you. <laughs> Here, Bron, take my good hand. Where, um, where did Bron go after that? He just left, didn't he? Yeah, well, oh, okay, that's okay. because... Yeah, you know, it was, it was Jerome, fucking after dragons, right? Well, Jerome Flynn and Lena Headey hate each other and will not film scenes together. Okay. If you look throughout the series, they've never been on camera together. Mm-hmm. It's because they hate each other. And he even says to Pod, it's like, well, let's go... Hit up a pub. So I think that's where he's going to go. He's going to find Bronn, and he's going to take Bronn up north, and they're going to do their thing. Um, they're going to the Winchester to have a pint and wait for this whole thing to blow, blow over. over. <laughs> I think they're, he's going to make it up to Winterfell just in time for a giant battle, and he is going to he's going to sacrifice himself to save somebody maybe bran completing his circle like his full circle so maybe he saves bran and as he dies he dies in brienne's arms um but i think that's where his arc ends but he will have you know, like there'll be like an and careless whisper plays in the background yes. like <laughs> in, in an epilogue like the new, the new, uh, the new commander of the Kingsguard, Brienne of Tarth, fills out Jamie Lannister's pages in the White Book. That's what I think happens. I'm never gonna dance Either again. Either that, guilty, guilty that <laughs> So it's either it's either that or 
Jamie becomes the 999th commander of the Lord Watch, uh, the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. What if he? What if he becomes the new Night King? Oh, he's not going to be the new Night King. It's called if the he, Song of if, Ice if and he Fire. Sings, if he sings "Careless Whisper" on his deathbed, <laughs> that would be so kick-ass, ashes. <laughs> <laughs> As he dies in Brienne's arms. I'm Brienne. never gonna dance again the way I danced with you. We never mm. danced, Kingslayer. Call me. Get his Jamie. Yeah. Oh. He have his George Michael a- Aviators on. Yes. Brienne. Okay, my <laughs> ass. You gotta have faith. <laughs> Bran, I could be your father figure. <laughs> So that's what I think is going to happen. What do you think is going to happen out there in Radio Land? Do you have any what thoughts? Wolf, what does Wolfie think? Wolfie, do you have any thoughts about uh, Jamie's final journey? Uh, everyone's going to die. So <laughs> I think Ed's going to be sad. I don't yeah. think he's going to make it to Winterfield. Everyone's going to fucking die. Yeah. Well, that's a lame prediction. Oh, Barris is going to all in personal live just because he's ahead of everybody. No, Barris is going to die. We he's, already know that. No. Because what's her that. name said it? Who? Sp- Spicy Melisandre. The red woman. She's like, you die here, as do I. You know this. You saw it in the flames. Now I'm going to go roast some six-year-olds. Toodles. <laughs> so yeah <clears throat> so I think with uh, with that we'll uh, we'll wrap up our Jamie conversation we'll uh, take a quick break and when we come back we'll share our final thoughts we'll listen to the lovely Maraca music that uh, Evil Corny is providing with his sweet tea <laughs> and uh We'll give a preview of what's happening next week. We got science. We got a battle. We got got all kinds of stuff. So many fun stuff. We have wines. So So uh, stick around, kids. We'll be right back. My name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday Podcast. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. 
Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Patrick Ray Hall is a motherfucking mouse. 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 Dino, this is where you rap. So, not. I thought you were going to get the timing a little better, but uh, that's okay. It's, it's got the nice echo again. You get to you get to hear it uh, in a couple weeks when uh, when these air. So you'll you'll be. Yeah, hey, I'm in Alabama. I'm a little backwards. I mean, I'd be a little behind. It's the time zone difference. You're an hour behind. You didn't hear it. Like you're trying to. This is so. I love that song. That's a great song, and that was like all. Like improv, like just tiny fucking around, like with his vocoder. Like he does uh, his whole Man of Steel review through the vocoder. It was the best. And he sang a song called Kryptonite Circumcision. So I think he should make a um, a Wolfenstein song, bottle uh, officer. Uh... He did. It's called Bootylicious. <laughs> So, we hope you enjoy. Make a he should make a Wolfenstein song um, model after um, Dracula by uh, Rob Zombie. Oh, Dracula! Yeah. yeah. So, oh. we do hope you enjoyed our Jamie Lannister discussion. And if you have anything you want to add, you know, feel free. You know, send us some uh, feedback about the show. You can reach us at throwdownthursdaypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the Facebooks. You can find us on Twitter, through uh, TD Thursday Podcast, TD Thursday Pod, at TD Thursday Pod. And then you can get us at Instagram, which is Throwdown Thursday Podcast. Certain ones have different character limits. And of course, you can find Ashes and myself at Miss Von Nightmare and at Patrick Rahal. And uh, let us know, you know, if you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, comments, criticisms. Or don't that, let us know. Keep your comments to yourself. We don't care. Stuff that begins with C's, crunchy, <laughs> crunchy cabbages. What? What? See, there you go. There's crunchy cabbages right there in the background. <laughs> chewy, chewy cocoa beans. <laughs> so I think we have a new battle. We do have a new battle. And a new battle, of course, means... The battle theme. It's time for a battle. Yeah, that's from our good buddies, Enchanted Exile. You can check out their show over at Retro Redoctopus on Buzzsprout. <laughs> Check those guys out. They just uh, they recently dropped a Transformers episode a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. So, uh, Ashes, what do we have for a battle this week? Well, seeing as you 
put it together, I think you should do the announcing. Oh, I'll do the announcement this week. So the battle this week. This is uh, we 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 didn't come up with a good name for this. We were. I see your swords as big as mine. Uh, we can do that. May the swords be with you. Oh, may the swords be. With, that's a good one. Let's do that one. So it's going to be called "May the Swords Be With You," and this is a battle. This is a uh, pre-injury Jamie, so full intact, two-handed Jamie. So it's Jamie Lannister versus. Aragorn, son of Arathorn, versus Connor McLeod, versus Mad Mardigan. So, if you don't know, Jamie obviously is Game of Thrones. Aragorn is Viggo Mortensen's character from Lord of the Rings. Connor McLeod is Christopher Lambert from The Highlander. A motherfucking Highlander. <laughs> I almost threw the Kurgan in there instead of the Highlander, but Ooh. I wanted to go with the Highlander instead. Mad Mardigan is, of course, Val Kilmer's character from Willow. The greatest swordsman who ever lived is what he says he is. So that's our battle this week, and it takes place outside of the Tower of Joy in the aftermath of Ned's battle with Arthur Dane. So... Cast your votes. Polls will be opening shortly. And uh, let us know who you think would win. May the swords be with you. And we have some wine we want to talk about. We have some science we want to talk about. So what do you want what do you want to do first? You want to do wine? I don't care. Whatever you want. All right, let's wine go. first, science later. All right, Corny called it. Welcome to the Vineyard of Nightmares. <laughs> So I have in my hand the bottle, the very empty bottle of Game of Thrones brand red wine that I finally got my little hands on. And uh, let me tell you, it did not disappoint. Um, As I jokingly put on the interwebs, this wine is dark and full of tannins. Um, It's definitely a red wine, uh, dry red very, um, say after letting it breathe for about a half hour, it became rather fruit forward, but it still was very dry on the palate, which I love. Even Patsy enjoyed it. We completely demolished the bottle while watching Game of Thrones, which just was so incredibly fitting. And, uh, yeah, so it says it's a 2016 uh, red blend. From the arid climate of Dorne to the lush vineyards of the Reach, the topography of the seven kingdoms of Westeros is as diverse as the wine we produce. Against the backdrop of the ever-evolving struggle for the Iron Throne and amidst the howling winds of winter, nobles raise their glasses and toast to luck in the wars to come. It is a wine truly fit for... The queen, the rightful queen of the Seven Kingdoms. Who, Daenerys? No, me. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, I do have a science fact. Wolfie, if you please. Miss of space. Timeless from the void. You terrified to learn of Patsy's science facts. All right, so sticking with the Game of Thrones scene. My drum roll was uh, just on time. So sticking with the Game of Thrones theme, uh, one of the things we see the White Walkers do is freezing weapons to the point where they shatter. We see this uh, when Sam first confronts the White Walker outside of uh, the little hut when he's trying to rescue... uh, the fuck's her name? Gilly? Yeah. The White Walker grabs his sword... To the point where it freezes and shatters. So I was wondering, is that you can stick your tongue on a White Walker? (laughs) (laughs) I double dog dare you. (laughs) (laughs) Is that possible? And if so, at what temperature would that happen? Well, if you were to do this. Uh, starting with iron, so like some of the uh, some of the more primitive weapons, like the stuff you see with the uh, with the uh, the wildlings, like they're they don't have castle forged steel. They have to make do with what they have. So there's a lot of impurities in their in their uh, steel and their iron. So it's usually iron because that can be more easily you know mined and processed. So iron, due to the presence of impurities, freezes at around 1,500, negative 1,510 degrees Celsius or negative 2,750 Fahrenheit. Steel, which is an alloy, which means a mixture of different metals, made of iron and carbon, steel freezes around 1,370 degrees below zero for Celsius, or negative 2,500 Fahrenheit. So that's where you have to kick out the science and just turn it over to the magic in this. In this because if somehow that White Walker were able to produce a temperature that cold, that close to Sam, his lungs would explode. Oh, yeah. So... I mean, he would die instantly and very, very terribly. So that's when you have to go to magic because you can't go to science. But yeah, that's uh, that's how that would happen at those temperatures. So negative twenty five hundred degrees Fahrenheit to shatter uh, castle forged steel doesn't seem to work on Valyrian steel, which again throw the magic in there. It might be like. Animanium or something, you think? Yeah, like vibranium. Yeah, it's it's you know a like Damascus steel is a real thing, and that's what uh, Valyrian steel is based on. But uh, I didn't find anything for the freezing point of Damascus steel, probably because there's this, it's so rare that no one's gonna risk that type of experiment on it. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Next week, Ashes, what do we what do we got next week? We have a special guest next week, don't we? We have a very special guest next week. 
As excited as I was about Corny, I'm equally excited about this guest. So I'm not back? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you want him? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Unsubscribe. (laughs) We are being joined by the ever-wonderful former host on this show, Agent Nicole. What are we going to be talking about? Yay! Captain Marvel. Which Captain Marvel? The one from DC Comics in the 40s? No, the one with the movie coming out soon. Where have you been? Carl, yeah, so the one from DC Comics in the 1940s. He's got a movie coming out soon. He does? Yeah, he had to change his name. Shazam? Something like that. Shazam. Isn't that the, the, the movie with Shaquille O'Neal? That's Kazam. Oh, Kazam. I feel like I always mix up the two. But yeah, we're talking Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers with Agent Nicole. And I know she's really excited and I'm really excited to learn more about this character and her cat. She has a cat. Yeah. Uh, His name is Goose. Jones. And, and it's a little orange guy. Bootsy. Mittens. My cat's name is Snowball Mittens. too. My cat's breath smells like cat food. It's true. Um, so yeah, we're we're going to be discussing Carol Danvers and uh, her her entrance into the MCU finally because she's going to be a big part of uh, Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Uh, I'm going to throw out a prediction right now that she's going to have an end credit scene in her film, and it's going to be her answering the pager that Nick Fury. Or answering the page that Nick Fury sent at the end of Infinity War. That's going to be the uh, second end credit scene. I'm just floating that out right now. And that'll be great because that movie comes out the day we drop the show. So if you're planning on seeing it, you know, maybe that Friday, that Saturday, or maybe you're seeing it that Thursday, uh, you'll be able to check out our show and... Uh, Right? You can listen to us. Learn a little bit about who she is. Get some background information. And then you can go to the movie and be like, oh, girl, I knew that. Because I listened to Throwdown Thursday. Yep. Boom. And you'll be knowledged. You'll have all the knowledges. So many knowledges. Yes. Such no much ledge. (laughs) So, Evil Corny, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your opinions and thoughts and maracas with us. Oh, I have to tell Evil Corny something. What? What's that? So, uh... Go fuck yourself. No, no. No. So, a a couple of weeks ago, when I was really sick, I bought myself this stuffed animal. And, well, it's not a stuffed animal. It's actually a stuffed piece of candy corn, like... It's like a stuffed animal, but it's in the shape of a candy corn, and it's really freaking cute. And I named it Evil Corny. Thanks. You're welcome. So you are the you are the piece of candy corn that I'm sleeping with currently. <laughs> Ladies, <laughs> that so can be his... your profile name, so Candy did Corn. It, did, did, <laughs> did it replace the Patsy? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Just remember that when you need a back rub. Oh, just have your fucking stuffed corn do it. It's an evil corny. It's my little, it's my little candy corn. It's a little candy <laughs> corn. It's a, it's a little 
fuzzy candy corn with a fucking face on it. It's adorable. She had, as bronchial arthritis, so that she is had not it. what I had. Something like that. Asthmatic backflips. I don't know. So clearly, you're not again. A thank you. And uh, <laughs> did you have anything you wanted to plug? Any upcoming uh, upcoming uh, novels you've written? Movies you're in? No, I'm I'm just on the From the Canopy podcast, um, Movie Massacre edition. Uh, my, my co-host is Corey Richard, aka Monkey Blood. He's at Monkey Blood on Twitter. Um, I'm Cornelius Burroughs. I'm at Cornelius1976 on Twitter and on Facebook. And um, we're at From Canopy on Twitter. And we have a Facebook group, From the Canopy. Just um, find us, join, listen to the podcast, send reviews and all that good stuff. Yeah, Evil Courtney is a good dude. Uh, You're in a lot of the same like groups we're in and it's funny my my youngest brother was going to be on the show today oh that's what i was i I thought it was going to be another guest uh but there is some complications in the family today so nothing it didn't uh it didn't uh transpire but he was he was he was uh actually asking he's like oh i thought you might have canceled the show today and i said no like we have to record we got Somebody calling in from Alabama. He goes, who the hell do you know in Alabama? I said, our buddy Corny. And he's like, oh, and he like mentioned your last name. And I was like, yeah. He goes, when did he move to Alabama? I'm like, as far as I know, he was born there. <laughs> I never I never left. <laughs> he's like, I thought he lived in Worcester. And I said, no. He goes, did I meet your brother when I was up? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Okay. He He was like, he was like. He's like, oh, yeah, I thought he lived in Worcester. When, when did he move to Alabama? I'm like, what? So, yeah, but he he, uh, he blurted out your last name. He's like, that guy? I said, yeah. And he's like, oh, I didn't. So, yeah, he uh, he was. He doesn't know you that well. Yeah. But I'm surprised he knew who you were. It was uh, it was very interesting. He know, he knows the Worcester Cornelius Burroughs. He doesn't know the <laughs> Alabama Cornelius. I wasn't going to throw his last name out there. In case well, you just didn't. said, you said it. Oh, I think I said it. I don't know. Somebody said it. <laughs> it you was said. It. So, anyways, uh, I think that's going to wrap it up. Thank you again, Cornelius, for uh, joining us and imparting your wisdom. Uh, I appreciate we'll, it. On- we're going to have to have you back on when we start doing our Star Wars extravaganzas because I know you're a big Star Wars guy. Oh, yeah. Maybe we can have you and Rocky on at the same time. I don't know. Um, unless you're ready for another five-hour show, Wolfie, and uh, we can discuss where Rancors come from. <laughs> Wolfie eats five-hour shows for breakfast. As long as we don't tell Dynamo. Oh, yeah. Dynamo has to be there. <laughs> no, I mean, as long as we don't tell him where, where oh, Rancor's yeah, come yeah. from. He didn't like that. A little mommy Rancor and a daddy Rancor love each other very, very much. <laughs> yeah, we'll... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> mm, feel the force within you. Uh, so, anyways, um, I think with that being said, we will go ahead and wrap up, and we will see, see you, you next, next Thursday. Thursday. <laughs>